When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Judd with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Everson Griffin and the Vikings have been talking about reuniting, talking about him re-signing there, but those conversations have not produced a deal, and it sounds based on that Instagram post as if Everson Griffin is now saying he's not going back to Minnesota, he's going to sign elsewhere. He doesn't say where, but... Uh, there's no shortage of teams that need pass rush help. Seattle's looking for someone if they don't bring back Jadevian Clowney. The Jets are looking for an edge rusher. I mean, they're all over the place in terms of there's probably more teams that need than don't. So Everson Griffin could be in a pretty good spot. He's 32 years old, but still a disruptive player who had eight sacks last year. Welcome in, Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North and the Score North app. Quarantine Day 10. Something like that, anyways. I've already lost track. Rami's in another studio over here. Eight. I think it's day eight. Day eight. Yeah. Let's make it official so we can count from here. I just so go today's by what day. I see on Twitter. Are we counting weekends too? Yeah, I think, I think so. so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think you have to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. By the way, uh, we have begun. I don't know if they're going to be nightly. Maybe they are going to be nightly. We're going to do another one tonight. Uh, it's going to be Rami and I doing yoga for the audience tonight. Oh, you're follow. doing it too, dude. I'm in. Why? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm in. Man. All I'm right. In. Why? What do you mean? Why? Because we're trying to improve ourselves, Jonathan. Trying to get better. We're on a journey of self-improvement and enlightenment. That will work on. A 31-day yoga revolution, if you will. And part of the happy hour quarantine, Mackie and Jeb with Rami, streaming live on Scornorth Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch you do later re- on tonight. You do realize that exercising and doing something called happy hour are counterintuitive to what happy hour means. Not if yeah. there's alcohol involved. Is there alcohol involved? Listen, if Rami can get into a Warrior Two pose with a full bottle of red wine, brown paper bag, <laughs> well, he's cooking I'm last here night. for it. I'm here for it. So we have all kinds of stuff to get to, not only tonight in the happy hour quarantine with Mackie and Judd and Rami, but on today's show as well, uh, we'll get to five splash moves the Vikings could make, courtesy of our friend Matthew Collar from Purple Daily. But I wanted to start the conversation today Based around a fight that Judd Zolgad had on Twitter over the weekend. I've got two going right now. I'm not kidding. Judd you. now has multiple fights. I'm being blamed for the getting uh, into Twitter coronavirus in this time. In this you know time what the of, problem is? Crisis, Judd. People are scared. They're bored and they're mad, <laughs> and so they are upping their their anger about things like their passions, i.e., the Vikings. They're just looking to to lash out. So they're lashing out more. I thought that this would provide perspective. It's doing the opposite. You know what would help with that, Judd? A little yoga. It does put someone a into yoga. a peaceful or state of mind. Yoga. It mellows you out. Or just, a, or just a, three or four beers. A little inner peace. 
A little um. Thanks, John Lennon. Here for it. Here for it. <laughs> but with Lacroix, we are with, saying with Laquan. No, stop. With Laquan Treadwell <laughs> is give Treadwell a chance. <laughs> Off to Atlanta. I can keep going. It ends another <laughs> chapter of Vikings first round draft picks. So here's my question. All right. Yes. Is Rick Spielman good at drafting? How do you guys feel about Rick Spielman, who's been involved in Vikings drafts since 2007, I believe. He, he entered the organization in 2006. Yeah. He was a vice president of player personnel, and and he has been the general manager since 2012, but he's been very draft-centric since 2007 for sure. Right. Well, do you guys think Rick Spielman is good at drafting? First of all, so Treadwell uh, signs with Falcons, or he agrees to terms with Falcons yesterday, okay? Mm-hmm. All I did was I went back and looked, and... Because Childers had so much of a say in the draft and of the 53-man roster from 2007 until he was fired in 2010, I sort of took Rick out of that because Rick was involved, but I don't think he can take the hits. I don't think that he can be given complete credit or blame, all right? So I said starting in 2011, Rick was still an executive VP at that point. He didn't have the GM title yet. Mm Mm-hmm. And he and Les Frazier split the duties. They basically had at that point, which made no sense, 50-50 say over the roster. But but in covering that team, I know for a fact, and both of these did not work. So Les was not right. Les's desire was for 2011 to get a veteran QB, his name, Donovan McNabb. Okay, so not praising that. Rick was like, no, I got to draft a quarterback. He drafted Ponder. So my exercise in in Rick's hits and misses in the first round, which I confined myself to on Twitter last night, was to say, here's four guys, and I think I came up with four solid ones that he missed on, and here's four or five that he hit on. And all I did, too, was say, these guys were busts. People then said, well, they weren't reaches, to which I never said they were reaches. Matt Khalil, at the time... And through his rookie season, gentlemen, was a very good draft pick, okay? But he busted. He was just a bust. Mm -hmm. So people misread that for me saying Rick is bad at drafting, which I completely disagree with because the direction or the path that I think this conversation is going to go down, which is very fair, is, okay, all of Rick's first-round picks didn't hit. A lot of people's don't. But Rick also has some really good picks throughout his drafts. So all I was doing was basically making a point about first-round guys and... The angry Vikings fans trapped in their homes and somehow thinking that I created this horrible virus, which I'd like to say I have nothing to do with, and I'm as equally as scared as you. That's good to know. Like I didn't, I didn't unleash this thing on the world, and certainly not the country or the purple uh, or the purple fans. I just, I just made a point. But if your question is, is Rick Spielman pretty good at his job of drafting? I think the answers come back pretty much. A lot of times, absolutely. So, I don't know. I don't know how to have this conversation in full without knowing all of the different. If you take the other thirty-one general managers and lay out their batting averages in the first round, then it becomes more of an objective exercise, right? And I can tell you, and I, I think you and I are pretty much in lockstep when you go through all of the drafts dating back to two thousand seven. Who's a bust and who isn't? And I'm going to go through this in just a second. What I need to know is once I throw the bust percentage out. Is that an acceptable number? Okay. That's what we have to figure just, out. Here. We're just going on the first round. Yes. Although I, I, I want to bring another piece of evidence to the table 
that doesn't involve first round picks. But let's start with the first round because really, like that's where the best players are available. Uh, that's that's where the most money goes to players, and that's that's just where the microscope is. So first round hits for Rick Spielman, and again, I know that he's had more influence maybe in GM years than when he was vice president of player personnel, but he has been very, very involved in the draft since 2007. So I'm going to give him credit for these hits and these busts. Trey Waynes, to me, is a hit. Not like Pro Bowl caliber every year, but Trey Waynes was a good starting cornerback. He, was, he wasn't he was the star of the draft by any means, but um, I would say that Trey Waynes was a hit in the first round. Now, if you want to say, yeah, but they could have had this player, all right, we can have that battle. But I think... Your goal in the first round is to just get a good starting caliber player first and foremost. I'll give you that. Outside of the top ten, yes. I'm okay, okay. with that yeah. definition of hit. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, and, and Trey Waynes was outside of the top He's ten. There's 11 one, in that draft, right? There's one that we can debate here in a second. All right. I think Teddy Bridgewater was a hit. I think, if if anything, you take him off the board because of injury. But I think he was a hit and that he was a quality starting quarterback I think the fact that he just signed a $20 million contract, a $60 million contract, $20 million a year with Carolina, goes to show that like other teams think he's a starting caliber quarterback. You found a starting caliber quarterback who won you a playoff game, if not for Blair Walsh, against the Seattle Seahawks. I think Teddy Bridgewater is a hit. If you want, you can't you can't call him a bust. No, no, I think, you could call him injury and yes, off the board. I, I think Sharif Floyd and Teddy are unknowns. You just don't know. Okay. So, but but, but I think Teddy is is more of a known than Sharif but Floyd. I, but I don't give I don't give Rick Spielman or the Vikings demerits for guys like that. Yeah. Now Khalil's a weird one because he also got hurt, but he was so good that first year. And we also saw enough from Khalil where I always wondered, does he even like football? I think Sharif Floyd and Teddy both loved the sport, and and injuries either in Sharif Floyd's case ended his career or in Teddy's completely derailed his career here. Well, I mean, where would you put Teddy Bridgewater here in, in regards to Rick Spielman as a drafter? This is just strictly hit or miss, right? Pass-fail? Is yep. that, is that well, how we're grading it? There is kind of a third category that we're putting Sharif Floyd in because he, he had a devastating knee situation gone wrong. but Bad surgery, yeah. But I would, I'd rather it be hit or miss if I'd, possible. I'll call it a hit. I would call it a hit. Okay. Like you said, starting caliber player is really yep. all you can hope for outside the top ten. He's not Andrew Luck or Deshaun Watson, but like he's he's a really good player. Uh, Anthony Barr, I think, was a hit. Mm-hmm. Probably could be even better than he is or deployed differently, but I think Anthony Barr not, is a pro bowler. Certainly right? not a bust. He's a hit. Not even close to that. Xavier yes. Rhodes, absolutely a hit. Forget about last year. He's absolutely a hit. That's dar- that is darn near a home run, too. One of the greatest cornerbacks in Vikings history. Yep, and he was, in his prime, he was top three to top five. Yep. In yep. a league. Harrison Smith, Percy Harvin, and Adrian Peterson. Hit, hit, hit. Hit, hit, hit. Yeah. Right? All right, so so if, if Rami and I outruled Judd on Teddy Bridgewater, that's seven first-round hits for Rick Spielman. Mm-hmm. First-round busts, Laquan Treadwell... Cordero Patterson, Matt Khalil, and Christian Ponder. Mm-hmm. Now, some people might fight back on Cordero a little bit and that he was a pretty good gimmick player and he caught 45 passes one year, but I still think like... The kick returns, they they tried to fight last night and say he was great on kick. Well, that's great, but he wasn't drafted to return kicks. Not in the first he round. Was, he was drafted in particular to replace Percy. And Sharif Floyd is... I think he was on his way to be a good player, but we don't know because of the injury situation. So that leaves seven hits out of 11 chances in the first round for Rick Spielman, not counting Sharif Floyd. That's basically two in every three. It's 63% hit rate 
in the first round. And that's where this conversation gets hard. Where does that stack up against every other general manager the last 10 or 15 years? And uh, the Mackey and Joe with Rami research department has not gotten that far. But how do you, like, just off the top of your heads, in the first round alone, Rick Spielman bats 630. Two in every three are good, serviceable players that are starting caliber at worst, and some of those guys are awesome. But one in every three is an abject failure and a bust. Just how do you guys feel about that? I think that's probably a better, and again, we don't have the numbers, but I think that's probably a better batting average than than most GMs have, Mackey. And, and I would take it one step further because, and this is going to sound weird, a lot of people are going to disagree with me, but I'll go ahead and say it anyways, and you can take out your quarantine anger on me instead of Judd for once, at Rami is tweeting. I think the first round is a little overrated, man. Like, uh, for me to, to, to rate a GM and how he drafts, all I do is go up and down a roster or up and down a depth chart and look how many homegrown guys that you have there, not only starting, but playing at a high level. And at every level on both sides of the football, before you traded Stephon Diggs, the Vikings had Pro Bowl players. And in, in some cases, all pro players. And in some cases, multiple Pro Bowl or all pro players at one level. When you're talking about defensive line, linebackers, cornerback, or on the opposite side of the football, offensive line, skill positions, quarterback, you have all pro or pro bowl players at almost every level who are homegrown, who are drafted and coached up by Mike Zimmer and his staff. Not a lot of teams can boast that. Not a lot of teams can look up and down their depth chart and say, yep, we drafted that guy, we drafted that guy, we drafted that guy, we drafted that guy. Most teams that have the success that the Vikings have had relative to the rest of the league you look around, and a lot of those guys are picked off of other teams, practice squads, or their free agent signings, or they were traded for. Not a lot of teams who have the success that the Vikings do have as much drafted and homegrown talent as they yeah. do. I think that's all you got to look at to ask if Rick Spielman is not a good GM, but good in the draft and, at the very least. And two follow-ups off that. Number one, for people wondering, well, what about the last two first-round picks, Garrett Bradbury and Mike Hughes? I just put them in the jury still out category like Garrett Bradbury absolutely the jury's still out if you were going to categorize Mike Hughes I think you'd categorize him in the hit I don't think you'd call him a if you had to choose bust or hit I think I would put Mike Mike Hughes in the hit category because he's he's been serviceable uh when he can play when he can play uh but but those guys are jury still out but off what Rami just said anecdotally so so the evidence that we can put in front of us is two in every three first round picks Rick Spielman hits on but if you zoom back out anecdotally the fact that the Vikings have mostly always been competitive since Rick Spielman entered the organization in 2006-2007, they've almost always been competitive, mostly without a franchise quarterback, which that's a testament to roster building. If you don't have Aaron Rodgers or Andrew Luck or Tom Brady or Russell Wilson, and you're still regularly between 8-8 eight and eight and 11-5 and five or 13-3 and three with Case Keenum, you don't do that unless the rest of your roster is built up enough to support said backup to mediocre quarterbacks. So anecdotally, how do you have those kind of rosters? Usually through the draft, not through a bunch of big splash free agency signings. Now, to, to go back and talk about the three guys that, Phil, you brought up that Rick has missed on, though, it, it's an interesting lesson in what went wrong. And in all three of those cases in particular, those three guys were drafted for absolute need. Because the Vikings always talk about, we always take the best player. Don't don't ever don't ever accuse us of trying to fill a need. We are looking at the best player. I don't know why GMs and, take and, such and, offense to yeah, that. And Garrett Bradbury was first on our board. Damn it! And we're, you believe us, right? 
But if you oh. but if you look, of course not. But if you look at the three guys that the Vikings uh, took that you mentioned or that Rick took as busts, ponder. In his mind, he said, "I got to find a QB. I got to get a young one." And Les was like, "I'd like to get a guy that, that can win now." And mistakenly thought that McNabb could, and of course he couldn't. But the fact is, the Christian Ponder pick was taken for a immediate need in Rick's mind. Cordero, Percy had just been traded, and in fact, you got a haul back. The Percy trade with the Seahawks was a really good trade. But their immediate thing was gimmick wide receiver who can do a lot of things. Athletic Percy was Cordero will basically step in. He couldn't. And then Laquan, same thing. We need that receiver. We got to get that. This guy's going to step right in. And guess what? He couldn't. So I think the lesson that we learn here pretty quickly, too, is the Vikings credo when they they actually follow through is correct. When you take a guy thinking, okay, we got to have this position today. It backfires. And when you just back off and say, this guy's a really nice fit, it often works. Yeah. So that, that brings us to the next category. When you're trying to judge a general manager, first round is very important. General roster building is very important. But I think somewhere in between those two things is, how good are you at grabbing not just guys later in the draft, but impact players later on in the draft or in, in undrafted free agents? And so I might be missing a couple here, but I went back the last 12 years. I didn't count 2019, but going back the last 12 years, third round or later, he's had some second round guys. I mean, Dalvin Cook is one for sure that is a is an absolute hit when he's healthy. And there's been a few others. Kyle Rudolph was a second round pick. But I'm talking third round or later, really, really good players mm-hmm. that are starting caliber. They are in your rotation for several years or were impactful in a short period of time. And I counted 13. Okay. Daniil Hunter, Stefan Diggs are going to be, and, and Adam Thielen are going to go down as three of the great Vikings of all time at their positions, uh, at least for the period that they were. Like, I'm not putting Stefan Diggs in the Chris Carter, Randy Moss, but like, Stefan Diggs is one of the seven best wide receivers that ever played for the Vikings. Adam Thielen, Anthony Harris, Everson Griffin, John Sullivan, starting center for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Fifth round, I think. Brandon Fusco, not. Not a Pro Bowl or like annual Pro Bowl guy, but Brandon Fusco was a starting offensive lineman for multiple years. Uh, Latroy Guyon was a rotation guy for like four or five years. Brian Robinson, Shamar Stephan, Jarek McKinnon, Jarius Wright, and Rhett Allison. All guys that were starting and impactful for multiple seasons. So if you're batting two out of every three in the first round, and then on average, once every year, and sometimes more, you're getting an impactful player third round or later, and then whatever happens in the second round. I mean, like, we don't know until we have the other 31 general managers' resumes lined up, and that's a tough exercise. But my gut says Rick Spielman is really good at his job, if not maybe one of the top 10 or 12 general managers over that period, even with some of the busts after laying all this out. Like we think Christian Ponder, oh my god, yeah, yeah that's a huge whiff. Well, it's a huge whiff. But the QB the QB discussion is a fair one. And it's almost separate because I think Rick has done a very good job and Mike clearly has helped a lot defensively in identifying guys that are gonna fit their system, right? And getting said guys here and they've been good fits. Um that being said, I think there's two discussions here. The one that we are having right now, which is a very fair discussion, and I think Rick is good at drafting. And then the secondary part, which is 
probably the discussion that we're going to have for, uh, for quite some time, including after Rick is gone, which is the can you identify and find that quarterback and either trade up to get that guy or be savvy enough to take him in the second round, which is difficult. But I think those are two uh, separate things. So as far as the talent evaluation goes, I think it's very fair to say Rick has definitely had some misses, but he's but he can identify talent. And I think he and his scouting staff do a pretty good job and your list of third round guys and on is impressive because you are finding guys consistently with those picks because we always joke about that, right? Ah, Rick Spielman just traded a second rounder for two sixth rounders yeah. and a seventh rounder. But if you can make that work, God bless you. Yeah. And like BC Johnson's going to be their number yeah. three wide receiver this year, right? Yeah. Hell, that guy might be their number two wide receiver if. I mean, right now he's their number two wide receiver. But mm-hmm. for every, for everything that's been said here in the first eighteen minutes of the show. Does that make any sense of the offseason moves that they've made this year? You know, Does, are, you, are you just saying like Rick Spielman's track record is so good that we should trust what he's done this offseason and believe no, it will work? No, because no. on paper, it doesn't make sense. But Rami, I had a lot of time the past two days. I had a lot yeah, of time. I had a lot of time with nothing to do. Some of a, us are using that for yoga and a Vikings media you know? guide by my side. Mm hmm. Um, the one thing I will say is I still, for the life of me, after 48 hours of deep Viking reflection, Mm -hmm. I, for the life of Um, me, (laughs) Kirk Cousins. um, Actually, could we trick Judd into joining, into joining yoga tonight? If it's, listen, we're going to do some deep Vikings thinking tonight. (sighs) Deep breath. Think of Sean Hill. (laughs) (laughs) Tommy Kramer. (laughs) So the, the Kirk Cousins, to your point, the Kirk Cousins thing extension does not make sense still to me it really doesn't i mean i can i can come up with reasons for why they did it but and i still can't justify those reasons as being reason uh that i would do it but i went through the list of guys because i keep seeing on twitter or hearing look at it everson griffin's gone now too how could that happen how could they let that happen you know and i went through the list of guys who have departed either via trade being released or free agency in the past week and for the most part, there's a couple guys. Diggs, you don't you got to haul back for Diggs. But if I had come to you guys last week and been like, you could trade stuff on Diggs, I think we'd all be like, uh, no, thank you, right? But Not if the plan is to win in 2020, no. But in going through in going through the guys, especially on the defensive side of the ball who are gone, I know it's going to seem weird for a guy like Griffin or Rhodes or Waynes go down that list not to be here. But when you think about this sport, and this is the one sport where I'm convinced you want to cut bait. Like, you do not just run it back. Let's run it back again. The more I went through that list, there were a few guys that I think are going to hurt to lose, but that veteran core group, Linval, Griffin, Rhodes, Waynes, Sandejo, it's really smart. It's time. It's time. And, and Phil, I say that because you saw the same thing, too. I will always, in football uh, parlance, go back to the 2009-10 to 10 Vikings, right? Oh, they're going to run it back again. Look how close they were, right? Yeah, running it back and we never all got, works. And think about how hard you finally got smacked upside the head with. Mm-hmm. These guys are all cooked. Mm-hmm. So if you tell me that Everson Griffin, who's coming off a nice year, but he's played for 10 years, that's a long time, and I believe he's 32. If you tell me your options are let's bring him back and try it again or let's get out now, I'm get out now go, mm-hmm. guy. So... The Cousins thing I'll put off in a separate pile, and I'm still confused by. But there's a lot of these guys that are gone now who I know I know we all think. We see them play every Sunday, and 
But no, it actually makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, and you know what? At one point, the Vikings said goodbye to Jared Allen yeah. and said, Everson Griffin, you get to take his spot now. And everyone was like, well, what do you mean? Jared Allen's one of the great pass rushers in history. Correct. And he's 33. And Everson Griffin's 23, or whatever you know, whatever the age was. And and so, so opening up that gateway for younger players is step one. I think where people get uneasy, and we can talk more about this later on in the show here, because we got to hit a break. Uh, I think where people get uneasy is, well, wait a second, we're saying goodbye to all these known Pro Bowl caliber commodities, and what, just like a second round draft pick is going to come in, or like some dude off the like that? It's the unknown of okay, what's going to? Who's this? Who's this Pierce guy that was just signed from the Ravens, right? Uh, but plenty more to get to with Vikings throughout the rest of the show and throughout the rest of the week. As the Vi- we kind of enter into phase two of free agency now, a lot of the big names are off the board, and the Vikings are still kicking around, and there's still things to do. In fact, Matthew Collar has a great article on scorenorth.com right now. Five splash moves the Vikings could make if they chose to. Uh, we can also open up phone lines throughout the rest of the show for either Vikings discussion or how is your first weekend in quarantine, basically. 651-646-8255. In fact, we're going to tell you about ours. We're going to unveil a new segment when we come back here to the show. Quarantine discoveries from the weekend. What are some of the things that you discovered on TV, going about your life, during a weekend of quarantine? Mackie and Jub with Rami here on Score North and the Score North app. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. 